This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Reclaiming Yourself. It's an absolute pleasure to be speaking to Sherry Mizen today. I met Sherry a few months ago when she found Photology Hub and started her strength training program with us. It was quite a journey for her to arrive to Photology Hub and during our chat today you'll hear more about that. She started her life in Sheffield before moving down to London and that's where our conversation picks up. Yeah, I moved down to London when I was 16. Um, I actually grew up in India. Did you? I was born in Sheffield, but when I was six weeks old, I went to India. My parents were missionaries out there. I lived in India till I was 10. Then we came back to Sheffield and I lived there till I was 16. And then I moved to London at 16 to go to uh, what was then called the Laban Centre for Movement and Dance, which is now Trinity Laban. Yes. I did a foundation course in dance and then I stayed and did a degree in dance theatre. So I trained for five years. What happened after the the degree? Did you go into a dance career from there? (laughs) It's always a funny one. (laughs) When you come out of a performance degree, it takes a lot out of you and it really changes you as a person. So I found myself to be in a very different place when I ended my degree to when I started my degree. So I did do uh, performance work. I'd met some friends who were on a drama course. Well, they were doing a drama degree at Goldsmiths University. And so we made a company called Arts Arena and we um, took art into education. We got this old van and we just basically toured the country doing, um, we did, we devised some plays around A-level poetry basically and English literature and, um, and in secondary schools, in secondary schools and sixth forms. So we performed and then I also so helped develop a community performance group, which I really enjoyed. So I taught a lot of community dance um, classes and then did community theatre as well, sort of trying to grow organic art performances with normal people and teaching people how to move and uh, use their bodies. And um, again, we performed around a lot of around southeast London. And then I did teaching. I taught part time as well to earn some money yeah and so I just did creative projects that I felt like doing this started in your 20s then yeah but I'd also got married very early so I okay. met, met my husband in my last year of training you said that you were a different yeah. person when you start to when you finish was that part of mm. part of it the training is intense yeah. and how they treat you how I felt I was treated my experience of training back then I mean we're talking you know, mid to late 80s into the early 90s. Um, It was very extreme. I felt that they tried to break you as a person Mm. was my experience. And it's very cruel and it's very demanding. You don't get a lot of space. It's you're sort of in from 8.30 to 6.30. It's a full on day. You're doing like four or five classes a day. You're just absolutely exhausted. So breaking you like physically and mentally, mentally, that was the attitude back then that young dancers needed to be to be broken down. Yeah. And emotionally as well. So a lot of judgment, a lot of comments on your body all the time. There's comparison all the time. There's just a feeling of always not being good enough and uh, feeling like you're always trying to attain something that you can't actually 
get to and achieve. And so I came out of Laban just feeling rubbish mm. about myself, feeling absolutely rubbish. And and when you went in, were you a pretty solid, <laughs> who's a solid teenager? I'm not <laughs> sure what that is. Yeah. But would you have been quite a confident young? Yes, I was quite confident. I hadn't had masses and masses of dance training. Okay. Um, I'd done a lot of sport and I'd done a lot of gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And I'd done, I did dance really at secondary school and it was my PE teacher who encouraged me to apply. And I got in, you know, and mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, whoa, okay, I'll okay. go do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I came to it with a lot of innocence, mm. really. And, um, and I was good at it, you know, but um, yeah, I think... I did go in feeling more confident about myself and I came out really very low and feeling not confident in kind of like feeling like, oh yeah, I can go and do whatever I want, which is why I think I went into arts programs that felt safer for me because, and where I had some control, where I wasn't being pushed into something that I didn't want to be, so. And did you feel strong? about that at the time through your programs and what you were going to be delivering in secondary schools or was it this mixed idea of we should be hard on young people and that's going to get results or was it a case of yeah. you were like so determined that that wasn't going to be how you did things or yeah that's a really good question because it's just making me think oh what did I do because <laughs> you were um, pretty traumatized at that stage right yeah, I would. Yeah. I didn't know the word trauma then. Yep. Actually, now I can name it for what it was. Yeah. But I didn't have any idea about what had actually happened to me, and I didn't have any words to articulate how it felt. Um, I knew I didn't want to damage people when mm -hmm. I gave them teaching or um, performed stuff. I knew I wanted to give something that gave people opportunities Nurture. to express yeah. themselves in how they wanted to be. I definitely have recognised I had a side of me or a part of me that was very strong and determined. And sometimes I think that part of me could be a bit aggressive <laughs> in teaching. <laughs> but I was always aware of people's emotional levels um, yeah. and helping people just to feel like do what they could do. And I think teaching in community centres was really interesting because you just also everybody's body is different, everybody's ability is different. And that taught me a lot about differentiation and um, and accepting where people were at yeah. and not pushing people in a way that wasn't going to be okay for them. And and actually that was really humbling, I think, mm. to, to have that experience. Because as, as well, I think when you train in a top School, elite environment it's very yeah. elite and and there is some of that that definitely gets deposited I found in me and so I could have a bit of an elitist attitude towards things and mm. community work really made me change that perspective I guess when you head into a career in your 20s and 30s like it's just constant learning isn't it mm. so trying to un unravel and undo those bits of you that yeah yeah, had been damaged or that you weren't happy with or yeah. that you wanted to change. But I don't think I could, I couldn't name any of that then. No. So I, I just knew doing, I, was, right? I, was, I was just doing <laughs> yeah. and trying to work out my journey, but I didn't have any words to really mm. put together what I was really feeling and mm. what I'd really experienced. Yeah. And so did you stay then in education through your 30s, 40s? Mainly, yeah, but I did 
shift. So I had children. Um, I had my first son when I was 28 and I had my second one when I was 29. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was uh, a little bit of a, whoa, a roller coaster. what's just happened to me yeah. there. And that changed everything for me because both of them had different needs and it was very demanding. My second son was born with a condition, um, his head wasn't growing properly so he needed a massive operation when he was five months old to correct the growth of his head and it was pretty terrifying to go through and then he because of that, he just was never a settled baby and and he didn't sleep ever. And so Either did you. Neither did I. <laughs> and my okay. other son also didn't sleep. So that changed my life because I actually yeah. had to give up work because I literally could hardly function, yep. you know, and just my focus was my children. Hmm. And so that changed everything for me and it changed my body and it changed what I could do with my body because I've got two small boys and they needed care and um yeah and we were surviving on very little sleep you were sleep deprived for yeah. 10 years yeah. <laughs> that's how you spent your 30s and that's we that's, yeah we could probably spend hours talking about that yeah. Um, yeah tell me when things started to change in terms of like you regaining kind of some level of time for yourself or time to <laughs> i don't know wash your hair or something <laughs> Yeah, I do remember being able to go to the toilet for the first time without my children coming in the room with me and that being like, oh my God, this is liberation. (laughs) It was little Um, things like that, isn't it? When you get get those back, no matter when they are, you go, bloody hell, I didn't realise I didn't have it. Well, money-wise, I needed to bring in some money, but I also needed to look after my kids. So when they were in school, so my youngest was about four when I started working and I got a job in their school as a teaching assistant so that I could just be there with them Um, they'd both got a lot of anxiety issues going on so again it wasn't something that was oh I can just go and get any job I want it was very much so I'm choosing a job close to them close to them that enables me to be with them and enables me to care for them and so again that shifted everything because I was just like oh well I can't dance anymore you know so I can't go Mm. back into dancing and even teaching didn't feel accessible because that all felt too much so I guess there was a part of me in my 30s that just felt like I'd given up on me and I was just doing everything for my kids which I don't regret and I don't hold against them Mm. it was a choice that I had to make so yeah I worked with children with special needs which I really enjoyed actually and again that's changed me as a person and I found parts of me that were just so loving that and I realized I'm really good (laughs) good at this with with difficulties you know and challenges to learning so I did that all the way through my kids doing primary school was that here in southeast london yeah 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 in okay. deptford in deptford okay so, um, yeah. so children were in primary school yeah. how did your boy recover from the operation and was there a lot of care involved for the years after that it literally is a miracle <laughs> i feel because he was born by cesarean section i'd actually had two cesareans with both of them because my first son got stuck and was a lot of difficulties and had to have an emergency cesarean and so they were basically measuring my second child and 
again agreed that he would be too big basically to be born okay. normally so um so i'd already got booked in for an elective cesarean basically what was wrong with his head was the bones in his head were fused together already okay so they wouldn't have slid over each other so if he'd have dropped down into the birth canal his whole skull would have crushed mm. and um and so because he was born by cesarean his face and head were basically saved and so although he needed an operation to correct his head children who normally are born with that literally are having their whole faces restructured and we were on this ward again we were very grateful to be in London because we got sent to Great Ormond Street which is specializes in craniofacial difficulties and um, we were on this ward and he just, my child looked the most normal out of all the other babies. And I just realised how incredible it was that he'd actually just been born by elective caesarean. Yeah. Because what we would be experiencing had he been born normally was a completely different scenario. And these people whose children's faces had been crushed, they were just going to have surgeries for the rest of their lives. Mm. Um, and we were told that he would probably need corrective surgeries as his head grows, sort of mid primary school definitely around teenage years and probably around 18 so we were expecting that but actually what happened was the corrective procedure that they did they, there was lots of follow-ups um, and at 18 months they were just like this is amazing he's actually wow. his head is growing completely normally and he it's not collapsing in places because normally they would have to put shunts in to lift the skull mm. and um, help it to grow and his was just growing really really well and he didn't need any further procedures so he was traumatized in the sense of the operation that he'd been through you mm. know and he still didn't sleep and still had anxiety but I'm so so grateful that we didn't have to go through what I saw all those other families going through. It's quite amazing, isn't it, that, you know, you're going through the probably the worst time of your life yeah. and then you end up in an environment with other people yeah. and, and realising how lucky you are in that, yeah. which is a kind of complete opposite type of feeling, isn't it? Yeah. It's like yeah, total yeah. flip. But then you come back out into the real world and yeah. you're just expected to get on with it. I was always really aware that that will have affected my son massively. And, you know, he's got a big scar that goes across from ear to ear and he's learnt to live with it and he's learnt to, it's part of his story, you know, but, but yeah, I guess I'm always interested in internally how that's affected him, what that's done, you mm. know, because I think you don't go through anything like that without it changing yeah. you. What age is he now? He's 25. Is he quite a resilient he is. young man? Yeah, and yeah, very handsome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. They were in primary school, mm -hmm. you were working in the school, and then in your 40s they would have been heading into secondary. Yeah. So then I did change yeah. and go back and I, I started to teach dance again um, in secondary school. And um, and that was a really strange experience because I hadn't danced properly at all for 10 years. I would throw myself around the house a little bit, but mm. not done That's class, not done anything like that. So um, I, I got a job part-time teaching dance um, in a secondary school in Bermondsey. And I kind of felt like, oh, I don't like this anymore and didn't feel really like me anymore and that, that was also a bit of a like oh like the you that you had when you were in that primary setting yeah I had no joy 
in mm. going back to do dance and that yeah that surprised me I just didn't feel like it was the thing I wanted to do so I changed and went back to doing work with people with different needs I actually went into becoming a learning mentor okay again I was really good at that in, in a secondary school and it was a girls secondary school that I was working mm -hmm. in and I focused on students that have behavioral and emotional difficulties in school and that I really 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 enjoyed it and just felt more myself so then from working with students with emotional and behavioral difficulties I then thought I really like the whole psychology of it I really like right. that so I decided to train as a counselor ah when did you do so that then what? I did that I started in 2016 so I was oh, 49 <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing yeah. <laughs> just before you hit that 50 mark I'll just, just before, do a big massive yeah, career change again yeah I was yeah. I enrolled on a master's degree at Greenwich University and um, so I was working I just cut my days down a bit I worked four days as a learning mentor and one day in uni and um, and then Yeah, that was that was quite tough because you had to do placements and stuff like that as well for training as a counsellor. Right. So it was quite a lot to pack in. Mm. But my boys were well old by then. Yes. So, so they were a <laughs> bit independent, a bit more independent. A bit more independent. Tell me about you yeah. at that point around life. So there's career, there's social life, there's family life, mm -hmm. there's us as physical beings needing you know a certain type of movement and independence and was it full-on just study and, and work or yes it was basically um <laughs> my husband took over all the duties which I'm very grateful for for doing the shopping and the cooking I literally um socializing became quite a difficult thing to fit in I did mm. do it in my um holiday breaks but um trying to do a master's degree and work at the same time and do family and do friends um and do you it, and do me or could you do you was no it, there not was a no lot time of me so we're still we're still at a point in life where you I'm know from the age of 29 <laughs> you probably haven't had I haven't done a lot of me much going on for yeah, you yeah I've you, done a yeah. lot for everybody else but yeah. not a lot for me yeah so I mean I was doing the the course for me and I was getting of a course. lot out of it emotionally yeah. and mentally things were really making sense physically I just couldn't fit in mm -hmm. um real focus I I walked to work and sometimes I ran to work and walked back you know okay. just to try to get some movement and I've always done some sort of exercise but never kind of like taking classes or real focus stuff just running and doing yoga at home really is kind of what That's I've how done you've got it in yeah so did you manage to do a bit of that over the years I did yeah I did yeah. I mean it's it wasn't like masses and masses but it was enough to maintain just a level of fitness yeah do you mind saying your age now I'm 55 now. So we're 55 now. Yeah. And that was at 49 through the madness. When did that finish? When did your course finish? Uh, 2019. And then did you head straight into a job from there? Or what? Yeah, yeah, I did. And this is where I find the journey of life a fascinating thing because the job that I walked straight into was in a performing arts university. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so you just kept going back for more. <laughs> I did. So I, I am a counsellor in a university that specialises in training people into musical theatre. And it's basically like working at Fame, if you remember Fame in the, uh, the old film in the 80s. So I work with dancers, actors, Uh, and singers and I find it really fascinating that I've gone on this whole psychological journey to yes. kind of find myself and work out my own 
yes. stuff that's gone on. And then life has taken me into a space where I am now literally faced with yeah. what I experienced. You've gone back 30 years yeah. to, to, to undo and redo and yes. to, to help, help yes. a generation not go through what you went through. Yeah. And I really love that my dance training now makes sense to me. Yeah. And what I can offer to people alongside my counselling training mixed with my understanding of the body and dance is such a different experience. So now I do include movement. And, Tell me about that now. So <laughs> <laughs> we get to talk about the here and the now. The here and now. So yeah. I, don't, I didn't train as a dance therapist, which I did consider doing. And again, I think as I've gone through my own therapy, I realised that I have got so much trauma in my body from my own training that I... I couldn't quite face training as a dance therapist, but I do do a lot of body work in the sense that I really understand now how trauma is held in our bodies and how we need to release it in our bodies. So um, the body keeps the score. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Love that book. Mm. So much truth. And, um, and obviously working with students that have an understanding of their body as well is, is a little bit easier. But maybe doing a little bit of movement with them or um, helping them to think about using one thing that, that maybe they're working on a piece of choreography or something and how they can channel some of their emotion through it or what they're feeling in their body and where is it in their body and what does it feel like? How do they need to release that? What do they need to do? So we might think about doing some breath work or we might think about doing you know a relaxation exercise or you know whatever it is that the the body how the body needs to respond what an incredible skill to have yeah in life when I was a child you didn't think about your body almost a lot of people that come to us at Photology Hub and people that we're having those discussions with like the the head feels very separate to the body and we spend a lot of time trying to just reconnect and and make that connection happen so that's amazing that you're yeah. working in that I'm totally fascinated by the whole mind body connection yeah so I've done more training in other psychological practices that really bring the body into the therapy room yeah and um and you work as a whole system you know it's yeah. just not all cognitive like you said we were talking about this earlier about finding different paths into this there isn't mm. one tick the box is there mm. as in this is the right way to try and do that reconnection or Mm. to kind of heal or have therapy or whatever and for some people it will be a therapist for some people it will be strength training for some people it might be yoga they start with but what we're probably over time looking at is to be able to bring it into life in general right and so you would have been doing yoga yeah the breath work does that come naturally to you in life now? Yeah. Again, it was some practices that I, I purposely did. So as training as a counsellor, I started doing more and more mindfulness practices and meditation practices um, and discovered lots of breathwork practices that kind of linked up with um, counselling as well techniques and so I began to do those because just for me and my own mental health Mm -hmm. and sense of physical well-being and connection to myself I find uh breath work a really helpful thing to do so um and I guess I just being older I've got a bit more space (laughs) you know and I don't have those family commitments so I do have a bit more space to be able to give myself that space in the morning to yeah. allow myself to do some meditation and breath work. Can I mention the word menopause here? Yeah. <laughs> because suddenly you get all of this time back and are you yeah. where are you at with that? And so 
Well, and how has that yeah. affected you if it has? And can you talk us through your journey with that? Yeah, that was interesting because I, that'd be, I'd really started hitting perimenopause around 46. I just noticed okay. hot sweats, night sweats really, and hot flushes through the day. And um, I'm feeling irritable and f- my skin feeling itchy and I couldn't quite work out what was going on. Mm. And Was that a surprise um, at 46? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until kind of then my period started going really quite nuts around 48, just in suddenly being really heavy and and then suddenly nothing for yep. ages. And so I, I, I'd always tracked my periods. I'd always done a period tracker thing because I'd, I'd never had a completely fully regular cycle I'd, I'd had lots of gynecological issues I'd got diagnosed with endometriosis after my second son was oh, well. born as well okay. so which made sense of my whole period mm. history because it, you know I'd had terrible times as a when my period started in my 20s it was awful and um, and that took a long time to get diagnosed with that so I'd, I'd always had endometriosis going on in the background but this was different this was mm. even more nuts than the endometriosis had yeah. kind of brought into uh, my life. Had you made links at that so point to menopause? I had, had begun to, yes. Yeah. I started reading loads about menopause. Okay. Um, and I decided that I wanted to try to do it as naturally as I could. Uh, that's where I was at, at in my journey mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Um, but then I'd started my master's degree. So I would say trying to do a master's degree and uh, go through the menopause yeah. is actually completely mad. Yeah. Completely mad. Yeah. Tell us why that's so mad. Because around 49, I just got this incredible anxiety that I'd never experienced before. And just um, just feeling like I couldn't cope, like I couldn't manage anything, mm-hmm. feeling overwhelmed. And it was kind of like, what the hell is happening to me? Because it was so sudden like and it would blue. just, yeah. yeah. And we still having night sweats and, yeah. and so your sleeping was affected, yeah. every, the whole full cycle. The whole thing was just um, not working very well and and the anxiety was crippling when especially trying to train as a counsellor and trying to write essays and that that was really hard and so I actually thought I need some help here I can't actually do this so I went to the doctors and I personally I found my GP completely useless and which I know is a lot of experience that women have um and it was actually a female GP. She packed me off with a HRT tablet, um, which was actually the wrong tablet to give somebody who's had endometriosis. And so I took They're this just tablet. not trained. No. We, know, we really this. know. Just they just don't have so the knowledge. Having, it's not, yeah. Almost not fair on them as no. well, is no. it? That it's no. in this situation, yeah. No. My experience in that moment was anger. But yeah, she just didn't have the understanding. So that... Basically, I just bled even more than I've ever bled before in my life, which just freaked me out completely. And then while you're trying to write an essay, while I'm trying to write an essay, (laughs) (laughs) and so I was just like, ah, I can't do this. Um, So I just stopped taking HRT and just tried to ride it out. And it was really difficult. Um, And I think that experience of HRT made me feel really scared. and then I, I basically just started reading and reading and reading, and I ended up writing a whole dissertation about 
my experience of the menopause. Did you? Um, yeah. I ended up <laughs> writing this dissertation about how it felt to go through the menopause and reflecting back on the different type areas of my life. So I framed it using the... Um, Carl Jung uses um, archetypes as a way to think about people's personalities and personas and aspects of ourselves that mm -hmm. we have. So I used the archetype of the Celtic triple goddess who represents maiden, mother and crone. I've done lots of reading around the whole notion of becoming this older woman, becoming crone, which is such a, an amazing <laughs> word but yes. that actually we really have despised and misused in mm. our culture. And when you read the history of what a crone really was in culture. She was the honoured person in the community. She was the wise woman. She was the person wow. that held the knowledge. And old, um, centuries ago, old cultures believed that when women stopped bleeding, they, instead of bleeding, they retained wisdom and knowledge. And that's why they stopped bleeding. And so they were the people to go to, to get all of the advice and um, understanding from and so they were the leaders they were the um you know our grandparents yeah, right yeah our and they were the leaders of communities which they know. were oh, and yeah. then through obviously patriarchal history women just get despised and crone becomes something that is despicable and awful as yeah. an old woman to become so i went on this journey to reclaim myself as yeah. this older woman and, as and crone the, and the crone yeah. so i uh, so i kind of looked at my life as maiden, as this young girl, looked at my life as mother and all the things that I'd been through and to who I was now as this older woman. Because actually when I... And even wrote, saying older woman, I'm yeah. sorry, but you're sitting here in front of me and, <laughs> you know, if I was to put an age on you, you'd be in your 40s. So, um, but yeah, even, even for us to feel yeah. like that's an yeah. older, I'm an older woman because yeah. I'm, you know, 55, it doesn't feel right. Because you've got and another can, 30, 40, oh, however many years, yeah. right? Like, Yeah. I'm saying older woman, I guess culturally, that's yeah. also how we get labelled. Yes. Having yeah. gone through the menopause, yeah. you know, that we're now in this midlife place. And so, yeah, mm. I think I experienced that feeling of feeling irrelevant, feeling old, feeling invisible, all of those things mm. I definitely experienced. And so writing my dissertation was my way of reclaiming myself. Fantastic. And I actually went through the whole menopause while I was doing my degree. So I'd at 51, my period stopped completely. So I wrote this dissertation, my period stopped, everything changed. <laughs> and I felt to me on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and and I realised that there's more to me, having yes. written that, there's more to me than there ever was before. And I'm actually this incredible person and I've got so much more to give. And so it kind of really rejuvenated me to think, well, what do I want? You know, <laughs> I get to do yeah. it. I get to do it all. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, thinking about different ways of labelling that time and Jenny Burrell, who, who is an amazing woman when it comes to women's health, but they, she has courses out now that are called Third Age. Yeah. Uh, that was That's quite nice, isn't yeah. it? Because you've a whole third of your life to live. Yeah. Fantastic. And what a brilliant, um, almost self-therapy, right? That's yeah, what it, that's totally. what you, it was. And you yeah. wrote and you wrote and you researched yeah. and you read. And it was called Embracing you, the Crone. Embracing <laughs> the Crone. Can I have a coffee, please? You can. <laughs> Thank you. I, I want it. I'm going to keep it here. Maybe I should gift it to all women when they come and have a chat. 
So, yeah. Fantastic. So you got re-energized. Yeah. You have this amazing kind of knowledge and understanding and energy really to, to take life by yeah. the horns and go again. So tell us what happened then. <laughs> With all my reading as well, I discovered that actually there's so many more different hormonal treatments as well to mm-hmm. have. Um, so I, I went to the Newson Health Centre, which is a private women's health centre. But um, again, I just I found their advice and their help so amazing for me. And so I did start taking HRT again because I discovered my body was just so feeling depleted in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd felt energized emotionally and mentally, but physically I felt really exhausted the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I could see my skin had changed. I could see my muscle tone had changed. I'd, my back had completely changed. I'd got fat in places that I never had fat before. Yeah. And that was kind of like, whoa, what's just happened to my body? And and I think that I could, I felt like, well, I can either get really depressed and go like, oh God, I'm just useless now. My body's just rubbish. My body's not going to feel good anymore. Or I can use the energy that I found in feeling good about being an older woman and, um, and embrace that with helping my body feel the best it can be. So I went on a journey of trying to get the right HRT, Mm -hmm. um, which for me was also why I went private because I'm not saying everybody has to do that. But it was just, for me, with my endometriosis history and all of yeah. that, I wanted to get the right things. So, yeah. um, And it's experience. You'd been through a really yes. crap rubbish. Yes. Another bit of trauma that, yes. you know, it's... Yes. None of us want to go back there, no. do we? Whether that's... No. Whatever that's to do with. Just um, finding the right uh, drugs, <laughs> basically. Yeah. So I've got the right... I, I use Estragel, which is a, a gel that you rub into your skin. I rub it into my thighs. Um, and I have a progesterone tablet that I take as well. And then I also had an estrogen pessary that mm-hmm. I take vaginally because, again that had changed that part of my body had changed massively yep. I was having a lot of issues as I'd always had issues yeah but it was just like oh this is feeling really hard work so that is going to become hopefully a, a free drug uh, oh, wow. that women can get at the chemist without having to have a prescription so and it's actually it changed my life <laughs> so just rejuvenating yeah. my whole uh, vagina basically yeah. and yeah. feeling hormonally settled again feeling my skin come back uh, just feeling a little bit of energy come back as well yeah. um, has been a really Control lovely and, trip yeah. to take you know yeah. and then that was kind of yeah October December and then I thought right now I want to train my body <laughs> so this is you're about 54 so, at this point yeah that you, yeah this is just your, before your drugs sorted. i got my drugs at 54 yeah. yeah 2021 um just a question on that do you go back regularly to get retested around hormones and stuff and does yeah that, yeah like dosages and yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so yeah they're very good at making sure you um are checked up on and you know what levels you should be at and what's mm-hmm. working and what's not working so i've just had a three-month checkup and um you know, and I still wasn't getting brilliant sleep. Uh, my sleep was also very broken with the menopause. Yeah. It's been broken all my life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> From <laughs> kids the and then menopause. <laughs> yeah, you get it back and then, whoa, menopause hits yeah. and it goes again. But it's like, um, yeah, so just changing the levels yeah. of um, 
gel that I put on through the day mm. um, has really made a difference. So, um, yeah, so then I'm going to have another six-month check. And then if everything's fine, then it would be a yearly a year check. check. We only met about three months ago, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that bit and yeah. So I your think physical, yeah, that kind of... Gaining, yeah, gaining your getting your body back, getting my body back, with the drugs yeah. and that energy, and so I think it just you know that psychological and emotional journey mm-hmm. that I'd been on to get my body back and reclaim my mind and understand my trauma that was in my body, mm-hmm. then get my drugs right to feel physically well, and then I was like, okay, the one thing that I'd really noticed um, was that lack of muscle tone, and I noticed my strength had really dropped. Like I was struggling to hold a saucepan. I was yep. struggling to open jars. Walk I was struggling. Upstairs, yeah, just, just bending really down, feeling, picking things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that lack of of strength that I used to know so well in my body. Um, so um, I thought, right, I want to I want to get a personal trainer. So I said to my partner, I said, for Christmas and my birthday, my birthday's in January. I want a personal trainer. That's what I want. And I said, just need a few sessions, but I want, that's what I want. I need to focus on me and just have something that's all about me and my body and getting my body the right attention that it needs at this moment in time. And um, so I started looking for personal trainers. And the beautiful thing is, uh, my husband actually found Phytology (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) And he was just like, Sherry, I think you'd really like this. Take a look. And I was like, oh, wow, this sounds like (laughs) exactly what I'm looking for. And Why? Tell me what. what, Because... looked right then what looked right was this is women doing this for women this is women offering something safe I was looking for I thought I wanted a female trainer anyway um but I thought oh I can go somewhere I don't have to do it in the park in front of everybody Mm -hmm. and uh I can go somewhere and it's local as well and and it looks welcoming is how I felt when I looked at the website. Yeah. I thought, this looks like something that I could do. So I arranged to... little consultation. Yeah, a little consultation. Little yes. And with Joe, which was lovely. And then was like, yeah, book me in, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Stop right there. Just yeah. book me in. Okay, great. And yeah. how's that journey been? Um, I have absolutely loved it. I train on a Monday morning with Julie and um, and I decided to do one-to-one sessions and um, and I, I knew that was what I needed at the moment and I'm totally open to going into a group session maybe later on mm, but I know yeah. right now this is what I need yeah. and I found it, I just found it... Um, enlivening (laughs) I came out of that first session I just I felt so light walking home and just felt so like wow did I just do that you know and I think having had dance training I think I was a bit scared of strength training of of the kind of muscle it was going to give me you know and my husband as a joke would look up (laughs) bodybuilding grannies which wasn't really very a flattering thing to do but you know it was just like is this where you're going I was like no keep it light that's not me (laughs) you know yeah but um, and that and that is a myth isn't it yeah we 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 have a bit of work to to do to do that like building muscle yeah doesn't doesn't mean mean bulky building muscle no like it doesn't mean bulky yeah yeah it means feeling strong bloody amazing feeling strong you know and just so 
I'm, I'm, I'm even feeling like I haven't even got the words. I would probably start crying because I'm just so yeah. appreciative of what Julie brings in the sessions, how she listens to me and reads my body and goes, okay, well, let's do this and then pushes, you know, and invites me to step into the challenge. Fabulous. And I don't feel it being forced. It's always an invitation and just feel... Um, you know, coming into the fitology space, it feels safe. It feels um, like I could say, yeah, warm and inviting. And and that's been something that immediately made me feel at ease with just, okay, this is where I'm at. This is my body. This is how it is. And I'm going to work with where I'm at now. So it's a lot of acceptance around, well, yeah, this is who I am. And it can still feel good, you know. So, yeah, I've done three months of training and again, once a week once a week so yeah. you do your strength training once a week by the way yeah. everything you've just said just is super emotional <laughs> <laughs> for me as somebody who's kind of built the business as well to kind yeah. of that's exactly what it's supposed to do and what we yeah. all want from the work that we do with people which yeah. is yeah the reclaiming the regenerating the like I love the word invitation is lovely because yeah. I mean we talked spoke a bit about it earlier but that like it's coming from within you. Yeah. You, you, we're the facilitators. And, yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, this is about, yeah, the humans yeah. that are in the room rather than yeah. Yeah, people dictating. And I'm always excited to think, well, what is she going to make me do this week? You know, and, mm. and I feel it afterwards. I mean, So you're excited coming you know, to the sessions. I'm excited coming to the sessions, definitely. And that's different, yeah. isn't it? And I'm not scared to be sore afterwards. Mm -hmm. You know, I quite like Because it's the right being level a bit of sore. sore right? yeah. yeah, and it's, it's also like ah, right, now I can actually feel that part of my body and that means I've worked it. Yeah, they're worked activated. It well, yeah, Bomb. and it's coming back to life. <laughs> Hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my legs. Yeah. yeah. The bits that are supposed yeah. to be doing the power work are yeah. doing the work. Yeah. 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 And um, I feel a bit like, oh, it's quite addictive. It's like, mm. oh, this is really good. But, you know, it's also just um, making me feel good as a woman it's making me feel good to be in my body again and and I actually feel connected to my body again I can really notice that I could definitely my whole journey I think through having children and then the menopause really disc actually going back my whole journey from training yes. as a dancer yeah. really has Since disconnected me from my body and now I feel more connected to my body than I've felt in a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. I feel whole again. <laughs> yes. And I don't mind that I've still got wobbly bits and, well, you know, roly bits. That's a bonus, isn't that it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so you strength train once a week. You do yeah. a little bit of yoga. You yeah. do your walking. Yeah. And you get out and about. Yeah. And I, I try to do park run as well. And you I do enjoy, your park yeah. run. Yeah. I mean, I am an active person and I have yeah. always been quite an active person, but I'm not, I'm not like a super <laughs> speedy fit person. I I'm go at my pace. You know, Cherie, we talk a lot me. to people about, we want to be doing this in yeah. 20 years, 30 years. We still want to be getting out on a Saturday morning in that community environment, yeah. doing our park, run, walk, whatever it is, to be still stretching, to be still you know moving heavy things it's what our bodies are built to do right yeah and we've got to yeah. allow them to do that and that's yeah. partly why we feel alive and whole and yeah amazing after it 
totally recommend it. It's been a really beautiful journey to go on and I'm excited where it's going. I don't want to stop. Mm. <laughs> next birthday, next birthday. Next yeah. birthday. <laughs> it's amazing and it's so incredible to be able to listen to your story. You've shared a lot and been really open and lovely and I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Reclaiming Yourself, the podcast, brought to you with PhotologyHub.com. If you enjoyed the conversations, please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free.